the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Check out monorail.com, America's affordable investment app made for conservatives who want to keep their hard-earned money with companies that share their value. Download the Monorail app today. Join Monorail. Hello, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. I hope you have a good day. As meaningless as the holiday is, but I spoke about that yesterday when I was on, actually. Hope you had a good weekend. So the, the bishop in Los Angeles was murdered in his home, turns out, uh, by uh, his, uh, his housekeeper's husband, who had done some work for him. The official title is Auxiliary, auxiliary. <clears throat> bishop. Auxiliary bishop, yeah. He's apparently quite a beloved man in, in, in his community. And the, the, the man, Carlos Medina, shot him to death. 65-year-old married man. How many 65-year-old married men murder people? It's, it's a very strange story. It's a terrible story, obviously. And, of course, the usual, he is mentally ill. I, I don't buy the mentally ill argument as much as most people do. But it certainly is an interesting question, and I, I don't, I always question myself, do I have an axe to grind here? Is there a political point I want to make, and therefore I'm skewing the data or the evidence? Uh, in this case, as in most, I, I'm simply pursuing what, what I would like to believe is a pursuit of truth. Since the vast majority of mentally ill people don't murder anyone, and not everybody who murders is mentally ill, why do we keep saying mentally ill? The man acts strange. That, that was the latest. He acted strange. The, 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 the issue is very obviously complex, but it's very troubling We've had mentally ill people all through American history, but we haven't had as many shootings. And so something something must have changed. Now, some people say it's psychiatric drugs, and it would be interesting to know, was, was he on any? And if he was on any, was it a new prescription? But putting that aside... Is, is mental illness and a sociopathic conscience, are, are they mutually, uh, not exclusive actually, yeah, are they mutually exclusive? Yes, that's right. Is, is the conscience and mental illness, you're mentally ill, your conscience doesn't work. That is the, that is the argument of 
those who say it's mental illness. That's, that's why we hear constantly mental illness. Maybe we're giving a green light to people who are troubled uh, to kill, to murder, by, by telling them, look, you're mentally ill, the normal rules of, uh, of decency do not apply to you, you're mentally ill. Maybe that's a message that we're sending out. None of this I know for sure. I'm only saying that it seems to end all moral questioning as soon as we read, oh, he was mentally ill or he had mental problems. Everybody listening to this program knows people with mental problems. Everybody I work with here at the station, for example. <laughs> that was just a piece of dark humor to lighten up the moment. I know that the, the gentle Gentile giant appreciated my dark humor. I'm not sure about Rick. Rick did? Uh-huh. Just, you just didn't smile even. Uh-huh. Anyway, it, it's it, you murder a man who has employed your wife, and I, I presume was liked, if not loved, by her. You have worked for him. So at that point, you might argue, well, that proves the man snapped. It's, a, it's another new term that we have. He snapped. He was incapable of, of controlling his desire to murder this man who had befriended his family. Huh. Well, I'll tell you this. I do believe... Oh, I can't wait to read to you. Oh, thank you, Dennis, for reminding Dennis what the governor of Pennsylvania said about capital punishment. Wow. That is worthy of its own show. Now, I, I believe that this man should be put to death. I also believe that if more of these people were put to death, there would be less murder. See, there, there are so many things that aren't argued, like masks and lockdowns. They weren't argued. Or, or therapeutics like hydroxychloroquine and, and ivermectin. They weren't argued. We live in the age of non-argument. You're dismissed. End of issue. You don't think... Young people should have gotten the COVID vaccine. You're an anti-vaxxer. We don't argue with you. So we don't argue any, any, any of the issues around capital punishment. You really believe it's not a deterrent? I can't think of a stupider argument than punishments don't deter. Of course, they don't deter everyone. Do they deter anyone? Let's see, $341 fine in, in, in California, I think that's the sum. What is the sum, Sean, you, all, you know all, for driving in the diamond lane if you don't have a passenger? 
Isn't it $341 or some bizarre, some, something like that? So anyway, the argument is, oh, that will deter you from driving in the diamond lane, but killing you will not deter you from murder. Oh, really? The, half the reason for punishment is deterrence. Oh, it's now up to $490. Oh, I better stop. By the way, I don't drive in the diamond lane if I don't have a passenger. Don't start me on talking about things that are not argued. How many people in any of your states, any of you listening, how many people in other places it's called HOV, high occupancy, high occupancy vehicle, how many people who have a passenger have foregone another car deliberately in order to have a person in the car with them. How, how many people really do that? The answer is close to zero. If the whole thing's phony, it's a, it's a, a, a the, again, the non-argued. <laughs> well, anyway, we have lost our capacity we're not I, I don't want to overstate this maybe we haven't my I, maybe I should retract what I was about to say I was about to say we have lost our capacity to be angry over every murder I haven't by the way I, I, when I say we I'm thinking of the collective but I'm angry I hope that these people are punished by a good God. Last night I had a dialogue with Eric Metaxas, one of the important Christian thinkers of our time, author of really major works on Dietrich Bonhoeffer. That was the most famous book he wrote, and it's a classic, the Protestant minister who defied the Nazis and the Nazis murdered, and Martin Luther and the anti-slavery movement in Britain, and now a very powerful letter to the American church. We had a dialogue last night in my annual Ask a Gentile, Ask a Jew. I think it should be named Ask a Christian, Ask a Jew, but there's nothing I can do. I don't set the title. So we had a dialogue of about a thousand people at a church in Pasadena. And the moderator, terrific man, who broadcasts uh, locally, asked about heaven and hell, and I'll tell you my answer. I'd like to introduce you to Monorail, America's investment app that takes you from where you are to where you want to be. Monorail is an investment and savings app that is made for patriots by patriots. Doesn't matter whether you're an Apple fan or if you prefer Android, Monorail is available in both environments and online at monorail.com. Monorail is safer for users with bank-level encryption and biometrics. Your money is protected with Monorail through Securities Investor Protection Corporation and the FDIC. No matter how you engage with Monorail, you're getting the security and safety that you need. Whether you're adding funds to your investment account, looking to buy a stock, or putting money aside for future purchases. With Monorail, you can put your money where it matters and utilize the economic power that built this country. 
Don't go somewhere else to trade stocks. Monorail gives you the freedom to purchase whole or fractional shares in companies you believe in. It only takes five minutes to download the app and set up. Join the pro-America money movement. Join Monorail. Talking to you about the the tragic murder. Oh, so many tragic murders. And then the constant, he's mentally ill. Now I'm telling you about the issue of capital punishment. And then I mentioned that last night, Scott Furrow asked us, he was the wonderful moderator, Eric Metaxas and myself, and he asked about heaven and hell, and I said something that I think, mm, I don't know how everybody reacted. There were a thousand people there, and obviously I, I never know how everybody reacts, but I don't even know if the majority were comfortable with what I said. I don't know. I'm not saying they weren't. I'm sure many people listening, I'm sure that when the left wing picks up this statement, they will broadcast it. And they don't argue, they mock, which is their intellectual level. I said, I hope there is a hell. Now, I didn't say I hope there's an eternal hell. It's not my... uh, I don't know how long God keeps. I don't know if there's even a time. There's no time outside of this life at any event, so I don't know what eternal means in that in that instance. But anyway, I, 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 all I know is if people who do terrible things to other people are not punished, then God has made a truly evil world. Then I, I would say that I would lapse into Aristotle's unmoved mover that there is a God who doesn't give a hoot about how we behave. But I don't believe that. I think God does care about how we behave. And therefore, he punishes those who do evil and rewards those who do good. That is my basic theology. It's called ethical monotheism. There's a very powerful law in the book of Exodus, which you can study with my volume on commentary on Exodus. I have three volumes of five done, published. Genesis, Exodus, and Deuteronomy. And I point out there's a very interesting law there that if a an ox gores a man to death, you kill the ox, but it's not the ox's fault. Why would the ox be killed? They could say, well, some people just do it like we do it today. If a dog attacks a human, we put him down. That it it might be because the animal is wild and dangerous. But there's another reason The untimely death of a human being is a very big deal in the Hebrew Bible. Very big deal. And it cannot go without a consequence. I've told the story on a couple of occasions. Many, many years ago, a woman called my show 
I have no idea how the, it arose, but she said that she and her father or her family were in the business of race, raising ostriches. And it somehow came out that one of the ostriches had actually killed her father. And my immediate response was, did you kill the ostrich? And she said, no, it wasn't the ostrich's fault. And so I, I, I wasn't giving her a hard time, but I, I, being very biblically trained in my brain about values, I said, so wait a minute, I'm just curious, do you mention to people who visit, oh, that's the ostrich that killed my dad? And I, I, I didn't give her a hard time at all, but inside of me, there was this, if you will, biblical reaction, that ostrich shouldn't be living. It, it's a, it degrades your father's death. You can't go on as if nothing happened. That's with an animal, how much more so with a human being doing, doing the, the killing. So some reflections on the notion of this guy who killed this auxiliary bishop in Los Angeles who, and, and knew him for years and whose wife had walked the, the, the bishop's dog for 10 years, just goaded and murdered him. He should be killed. The society would be a better society if many murderers were put to death. So listen to this, if I can find this for you. Oh, this is really something. Let's see. Governor, I'm going to put this in. Governor, rarely I, I, I do this on uh, live, I, but I didn't know I would talk about this now. And uh, if I can't find it, I will... Uh, Shapiro says he will not sign death warrants, calls for end of capital punishment in Pennsylvania. Now, let me see if uh, if this has the article in, if about his citing his seven-year-old or eight-year-old son. I guess this is not, uh, you know, this is not the article that has it. So, he cited his son. I always get a kick out of this when politicians learn from their eight-year-olds, or 15-year-olds for that matter. This is the new world because the non-wise really do believe their eight-year-old has wisdom. And some eight-year-olds have wisdom if they've been given wisdom uh, by their education. But, uh, excuse me, they should not, they're not the source of wisdom except for people who are not particularly wise. They, young people need to be given. It's the gift that older people are supposed to give. Well, it's uh, quite a thing he learned from him. 
back in a moment. There's a lot of talk about the Great Reset and digital currencies. The U.S. government has been floating the idea of a digital dollar for quite some time, opening up the door to the government controlling your bank account, or worse yet, freezing your money. They did that in Canada, remember? This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion, and for my friend Nick Grovich. Now more than ever in this woke world, it's important to own tangible assets like gold and silver. Owning physical gold and silver gives you control over your wealth. They're proven, stable commodities that have held their value over time. Beyond the overarching reach of government, and it's so important you do business with a trustworthy and transparent company like AmFed Coin and Bullion, AmFed's owner Nick and his experienced team will always provide you with honest, sound advice. No pressure sales. Moving a portion of your wealth into precious metals is a prudent decision. Call AmFed Coin and Bullion. 800-221-7694. AmericanFederal.com. AmericanFederal.com. Hi, everybody. I'm going to f- finish the uh, the issue with the governor of Pennsylvania later right now. I have a man, and I, I know it embarrasses him, but uh, I... I only say it if I believe it. I believe he's an American hero. I don't use the term often. And he is Dr. Joseph Ladapo. He is the Surgeon General of the state of Florida. I know him from his California days. And he is as wonderful a human being as he is a great leader and doctor. And it gives you an idea of of the greatness of Ron DeSantis that he would choose Joseph Ladapo to be the Surgeon General of Florida. So, Dr. Ladapo, welcome back. It's been too long. Welcome back to the show, and it's great to see you. And by the way, you can see the doctor if you if you watch the show. It is it is watchable. Anyway, I want to get to your very important statements here that you released. So, tell us in a nutshell the the paper or statements that you just released about the effects of the COVID vaccine. <clears throat> Yeah, and Dennis, it's it's great to talk to you. And I, I know we were talking a little bit ago, but I am really grateful that we got to meet and spend time together in California before we moved out here to Florida. Thank you. So uh, always a pleasure. I look forward to the next time, Dennis. Thank you. So last week we we released a uh, a statement, and it was it was an analysis of vaccine adverse event reporting data from Florida, and. Uh, what we showed was something that has been shown nationally. No one had looked at Florida before, but after introduction of the mRNA COVID-19 vaccines, there was a 1,700, 1,700% increase in the adverse events reported and a over 4,000 percent increase in the number of life-threatening adverse events reported. And that's compared to a 400 percent increase in the total number of vaccines given. So this disproportionate increase in adverse events compared to the actual number of vaccines administered and compared to the past in terms of you know, 10 years of reporting using this system. So I, I know you can't give a data answer, but what I, uh, what do you surmise? Do you think that it would be different in any state of the union? 
No, no. I think every state probably looks exactly the same. Some variation, but essentially a massive increase in adverse events reported. And the CDC wants people not to believe their eyes that it's just because more people knew about the system or something like that. But that is, while possible, extremely unlikely. You just are very unlikely to see such a massive increase in reporting from more knowledge. And during the same period of time, there was no increase in flu reports. Mm. So there was no increase in flu, nothing. That's in right. Fact, flu so so if the bit. issue was knowledge of, of the VAERS reporting system, you'd have it for flu. You'd expect, right, right, yeah. right. but no, nothing. <laughs> no, I mean, and it really is just more supportive evidence of what so many people just on the street recognize plus scientific studies that just show that these mRNA COVID-19 vaccines, they're not like any other widely used vaccines. They are just so much riskier. They are, they're unsafe products. So here, here is what really uh, interests me. How are doctors reacting to you in Florida? You know, I only hear from the really happy ones or the really <laughs> unhappy ones. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> so, yes, that's true. So that's that's what I've received. I mean, so I definitely get warm messages of gratitude from doctors who appreciate our integrity here in the Florida Department of Health because we're not, you know, we're actually being straight with people. And then for the people that don't like the implications of the message, I get the shut up and and stop talking, not uh, what could be wrong with your data or what's the other explanation other than these vaccines being riskier than other vaccines. It's just shut up. I don't like you. So so that that's been the reaction. All right. I have a lot more if you could stay on and I want to promote your book, even though I know that's not why you came on. But I. I I do want to do that. I'm speaking to the Surgeon General of the State of Florida, Dr. Joseph Ladapa. We'll be back in a moment. I live in a sick state, morally sick, California. Florida is transformed into a healthy state morally and intellectually and in terms of truth, the most important value in the human species. One of the reasons is Joseph Ladapo, the Surgeon General, who actually was here, he was at Stanford, he's a a, uh, doctor himself, and he is the Surgeon General of Florida, as I noted. And he has released a report showing the Unique, I believe that that would be correct. Please correct me, Dr. Ladapo, if I am wrong. Increase in uh, in what would what would the term be for what is happening? Is it adverse reactions? Is that just the is that the term we would use? Right, right. Adverse events is the 
is the technical term. And it's, it's the case that just because it happens after a vaccine obviously doesn't mean it's because of the vaccine. But if it's being reported at a rate that's 1,700% higher than it is in the past, Something is awry. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I just want to note to everybody that he is the author of a book, Transcend Fear, a a blueprint for mindful leadership in public health. So it it leads me perfectly to a a real uh, issue in my mind. And that is when I went for a checkup recently at the, the hospital that I have actually had four surgeries and all four were successful and I'm very grateful to this hospital for what they've done for my life. They were all on my back. They were all, you know, spine related stuff, but, uh, but serious stuff in one case as well. And they were terrific and I'm grateful to them. So I walked into my cardiologist's office and the moment uh, he saw me and my wife, he took his mask off and he said, Oh God, thank God it's you, (laughs) Dennis. I don't have to wear this idiotic mask all day, which uh, angers me because patients in this in in hospitals in uh, in California or at least in my county, L.A. County, can't see their doctors and can't see their nurses, and they can't see the patients often. So, first of all, I want to establish correctly: in hospitals in Florida, are Doctors and patients and nurses required to wear masks? Right. So in many hospitals, unfortunately, the answer to that question is yes, because it is a policy that is dictated by the hospitals who are in it, if you will. They're part of this cartel in general that pushes, mask, ideology, and all that craziness. I've heard that that may be changing thanks to the lawmakers in Florida. Not certain. So we'll see when they come in session. But that is the case right now that at many hospitals, unfortunately, they are choosing to impose that on employees and on patients, despite the absence of randomized clinical trial evidence. Are you familiar with this Cochrane study on masks? Oh, yeah, yeah. So why why isn't that dispositive? Why, why don't people read that? It's, it's a widely admired study, Cochrane in general. Why isn't that dispositive? Why don't hospitals say, okay, they don't work. It's a terrible thing that people don't see a face the entire time they're a patient here. What did you mean? This was a very suggestive word. What did you mean by cartel? Well, actually, to answer your question, it's one and the same. So why don't they care? Why aren't they responding to the Cochrane Review? Well, because the Cochrane Review was a scientific review, and this is a ideological crusade. And that's why data doesn't matter. And that's why evidence doesn't matter. That's why common sense doesn't matter. Uh, and that's the cartel. Okay, so I, I really need to 
expand this notion. It's a cartel of composed of whom? So, uh, so I would say that my impression is that these actions and these decisions are coordinated. Am I in the rooms or on the phone calls when those decisions are made? I'm not, but that is my strong impression based on my experience as a professor in the past, as someone who has worked with many clinics and hospitals in clinical studies prior to my role as Surgeon General, and from my observations over the last three years during the pandemic. These are coordinated decisions. I myself am part of organizations that make position statements on things like the COVID-19 vaccines or masking or social distancing that don't align with evidence, but are the position of the organization. So yeah, it's a it's a cartel that's unified by ideology. Okay, I know I'm pushing this, but I think it's so important. What is the ideology? <laughs> you know, I... I I, I heard of I Marxism, but not Marxism. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think many of us are, are familiar with Max Maskism now. I mean, it was that's it's that's definitely a uh, an ideology. It's an ism. It's an ism. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. And you, know, Dennis, I would love to do your question justice, but it's the kind of thing I could do justice in person and not not in a video. Okay, that's fair. That, that will, well, I would hope to do that. If you have just a few more minutes, I would, I would like to end the hour with you if that's possible. I'm speaking to the Surgeon General of the State of Florida, Joseph Ladapo, and I would also deeply recommend his book, Transcend Fear. Back in a moment. My friends, a food shortage could be coming. I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's true. So survival food is important. Create your own stockpile of the best-selling For Patriots Survival Food Kits. It's not ordinary food. We're talking good for 25 years super survival food. Hand-packed right in a family-owned facility in the USA, giving jobs to over 200 Americans. The kits are compact, sturdy, water-resistant, and stack easily. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners. You can make these meals in less than 20 minutes. Just add boiling water, simmer, and serve. Right now, you can go to 4Patriots, that's the number 4, 4Patriots.com, use the code Prager to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store. You get their famous year-long guarantee after your order, and free shipping on orders over $97. Just go to 4Patriots.com to get 10% off with the code Prager for the number 4Patriots.com, code Prager. not often that I say to you I could, I could have this guest on all three hours of my show and I still wouldn't exhaust my questions. He's one of the reasons that Florida is thriving. The Surgeon General of the state of Florida, Dr. Joseph Ladapo. I can't get this out of my mind, Dr. Ladapo. I just want to understand on the masking in hospitals, which you, you and anyone who's following the data know is, is, I think, worse than useless because I think it hurts patient 
uh, care not to see a face is a terrible thing. Uh, I, I tell you, frankly, I'm doing, thank God I don't need one, but I would do anything not to enter a hospital at this point. It would really have to be something extremely serious for me to do so. When One final word. When you said cartel and ideology, do you mean the hospitals or do you mean the politicians? I mean the leadership of the hospitals. Wow. Oh, for sure. And I, this goes back to my UCLA experience too, as, as you know, I was writing articles that were published in the wall street journal and getting a good bit of attention and causing a lot of grief for leadership at UCLA. And I was involved in conversations with leadership. Uh, So for sure. Yes. Okay, finally, uh, back to your your Surgeon General report there in Florida. What would you recommend to your fellow Americans now with regard to getting a booster or a COVID vaccine to begin with? I think at this point in the pandemic, there's it's hard for me to imagine an individual who would be likely to experience an overall benefit from these mRNA COVID-19 vaccines, particularly considering their safety profile. Immunity is very wide. It's upwards of 95% in terms of people who have had COVID. And the safety I mentioned, which is a big factor in a benefit risk decision. And then you have to remember also that when the CDC says that the folks who got boosters are doing better, the studies are confounded. They're not clinical trials. These study designs have major problems that have been identified in rigorous work. And basically that problem is that the people who get boosters are different from the people who don't in ways that they're just unable to account for. We'll have to do a part two. I thank you for your time. I I look forward to seeing you again. It's it's an honor and a joy. Dr. Joseph Ladampo. You too, Dennis. Thanks, man. Thank you. Well, if you missed the dialogue interview I just had with the Surgeon General of Florida, that alone should have you subscribe to Pragertopia. That's that is truly that was an amazing half hour. This truth-telling professor of medicine who is now the head of medicine or whatever you would say the Surgeon General of a state is in Florida. He recommends that you, uh, most people not get the vaccine based on scientific data. I have urged that for years now. The lockdowns were damaging and what I found particularly of interest was asking him I didn't know what answer I would get. I thought the reason that you have to wear a mask 
in hospitals in California, or at least in, in my county, Los Angeles County, is that the crackpots, the fanatics, the unscientific people who love power and use it irrationally, like Barbara Ferrer, who heads the uh, public health, public health is a farce. It has become a, a true, it's as big a farce as women's studies, gender studies, and the like. Public health, like uh, like schools of education, if they all shut down, we would be healthier and we would be a better educated. In other words, the the education establishment hurts education and the health establishment hurts health. That's the state of, of affairs that we're in. But I thought that if you have that you, you're having to wear a mask in a hospital in L.A. County, where again I reside, was the result of county regulations. It turns out that even in Florida, where the Surgeon General knows what a farce it is—not farce; it's much worse than a farce—how damaging it is to have everybody wear masks in hospitals. It is damaging. In other words, your hospital is hurting its patients with this policy. My, I have a deep contempt for the people who run these hospitals. It has changed from deep gratitude to deep contempt. I still have the gratitude for all the good they have done for me. I will never forget that. Uh, but I didn't realize that fools run hospitals. I did not realize that. And, and uh, apparently bad fools in many cases. The... Uh, that not a lot allowing people to be with dying relatives during uh, during COVID uh, masks or no masks that that they had to die alone. The cruelty inherent in so much of American medicine is really painful to think when you think that most people do that. Particularly compassionate people enter medicine. It's baloney. Uh, sheep enter medicine as a general rule, but sheep enter most professions as a general rule. But I have lost any romanticization of doctors and, and health. So he says it's a cartel. It was a remarkable statement from the Surgeon General of Florida. Cartel run your hospital, runs your hospitals. And But I don't, I still don't get it. He says it's ideological. What is the ideology of masks? Maybe some somebody listening knows the answer to that. What is the ideology? It's a bad thing and doesn't work. There is no justification morally or medically for having people wear masks in hospitals outside of surgeons performing surgery. Why is it being done? I'd like somebody to find this out. Why of course, I don't expect the L.A. Times to pursue this. The L.A. Times agrees with it. The media stink. The media are handmaidens of the left. But why does the left want you to wear masks? Isn't that an interesting question? What does wearing a mask in a hospital setting, what is being deprived of your, of your loved ones when you're dying, why is that a left-wing position other than the left is always wrong and is vile? Maybe that answers it. A lot of people stink. <laughs> the human condition is a very mixed bag, to say the least. Maybe that's just all you need to know. Leftists stink, and anything they do hurts people. 
That is enough to understand the left. Not liberals. Liberals just vote for them. But they don't think exactly like them. It is also, it, it is something I will go to my grave un, realizing but not fully understanding. Why doesn't this bother most people? Why are you sheep-like okay with putting on a mask if you go into a hospital and God forbid as a patient and never see a nurse or doctor's face? Why is that okay with you? And who are these people that set this policy? If they, if the Surgeon General and Governor of, of, of Florida cannot undo this, who can? I should like to remind you again, he doesn't think that you should get a booster or a vaccine. Because he has the data to support that. I think it's up at DennisPrager.com, new Cochrane study on masks and COVID. We now have the most authoritative estimate of the value provided by wearing masks during the pandemic, approximately zero. The most rigorous and extensive review of the scientific literature concludes that neither surgical masks nor N95 masks have been shown to make a difference in reducing the spread of COVID-19 and other respiratory illnesses. This verdict ought to be the death knell for mask mandates, but that would require the Centers for Disease Control, the CDC, and the rest of the public health establishment to forsake the science. And unfortunately, that's he puts it in quotes, the science. Follow the science. The left lies with the ease with which you breathe. They don't follow the science. They follow ideology. If it hurts people, they love it. Isn't that amazing? Hurts children. Keep children out of school. We love it. Kick, kick uh, soldiers out of the army who won't get uh, vaccinated. They love it. Do we have a better army for it? Do we have a better air force for it? The left supported masking two-year-olds on airplanes. Do you not understand? These people are a mixture of of idiocy and cruelty. These leaders and their acolytes in the media seem as determined as ever to ignore actual science. That is right. Before the pandemic, clinical trials repeatedly showed little or no benefit from wearing masks and preventing the spread of respiratory illnesses like flu and colds. That was why in their pre-2020 plans for dealing with a viral pandemic, The World Health Organization, the CDC, and other national public health agencies did not recommend masking the public. The gold standard for medical evidence is the randomized clinical trial, and the gold standard for analyzing this evidence is Cochrane, the world's largest and most respected organization for evaluating health interventions. Funded by the National Institutes of Health and other nations and other nations' health agencies, it's an international network of reviewers based in London that has partnered with the U, with the WHO and Wikipedia and medical journals have hailed it for being quotes the best single resource for methodological research. Recognized worldwide as the highest standard in evidence-based healthcare. It has published a new Cochrane review of the literature on masks. The 15 trials compared 
outcomes of wearing of surgical masks versus wearing no masks and even versus N95 masks. The review conducted by a dozen researchers from six countries concludes that wearing any kind of face covering, quote, probably makes little or no difference, unquote, in reducing the spread of respiratory illnesses. Oxford's Tom Jefferson, the lead author of the Cochrane Review, summed up the real science on masks. Quote, there is just no evidence that they make any difference. Full stop. Yet public health officials in violation of the first do-no-harm principle continue recommending or mandating masks without good evidence of their effectiveness or any pretense of cost-benefit analysis. Masks are still required in many hospitals and other institutions. Despite all the data showing that COVID-19 poses virtually no risk to healthy children, the CDC continues to recommend masking all students in communities where infection rates are rising. That hospitals don't follow the science should bother you a great deal. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free offer with promo code Prager. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listeners square to the buy one, get one free offer. Enter promo code Prager or call 800-761-6302 to get your MyPillow 2.0 now. You better stop the things you do. So the, the, the universally admired studies done by Cochrane show that masks are worthless, and yet you still have to wear them in hospitals and any medical facility. Why? No one has an answer. I just spoke, again, go to PragerTopia.com to get any of my shows without commercials. PragerTopia.com. It's a great gift as well. It's very inexpensive. You should really hear what he had to say. He calls them cartels. He's, he's got the most important thing. Well, the two most important things for, good, for a good world. He seeks truth and he's courageous. By the way, seeking truth is the same as courageous. That's what courageous means. Seek truth. The left is a world of lies. Like masks work. Like men give birth. They just assert it. The CDC, this is amazing. Listen to this. While the WHO advises against masks for children under six and the European Union advises them for students under 12, the CDC, things are worse in America. They're worse. The left has conquered more in America than in Europe. The CDC cruelly recommends masking everyone from age 2 on up. 
they're they're really bad bad seed out there at the CDC. The CDC's director, an an immense fool named Rochelle Walensky, remains determined to ignore the best research on masks, as she made clear in a congressional hearing earlier this month. Quote, our masking guidance doesn't really change with time. Isn't that a great line? I thought she follows the science. That's such a left-wing lie. They don't follow the science on global warming. They don't follow the science on COVID. They don't follow it on vaccines. They don't follow it on masks. <laughs> Please. <laughs> they, fo- they don't follow the science on gender. Right. You have male chromosomes and, and male genitalia and a male brain. But you're not a male if you don't think so. That's follow the science? She said when asked how the new review from Cochrane would affect the agency's policies, this is an important study, she conceded, but the Cochrane review only includes randomized clinical trials. And as you can imagine, many of the randomized clinical trials were for other respiratory viruses. The woman is a, a consummate liar. She lives in a world of deceit. She is a, more proof about how weak the human conscience is. She sleeps well at night, lying about masks. Oh, they only proved it in randomized trials about other viruses, not necessarily COVID. Oh, I see. Viruses differ in terms of mask effectiveness. Earlier in the pandemic, the CDC justified its newfound enthusiasm for masks in a press release hailing, quote, the latest science, unquote, from a case study of a hair salon in Missouri. Wearing a mask prevented the spread of infection from two hairstylists to their customers, the CDC proclaimed. A preposterously sweeping conclusion to draw from a small observational study that lacked a control group and had other obvious limitations. Most of the salon's customers were never even tested for COVID. On national television, Walensky touted another study of schools in Arizona as proof that masks dramatically reduced the spread of COVID. But the study's methodology was so clearly flawed and the results so out of line with rigorous studies that other COVID researchers dismissed it as, quote, ridiculous, so unreliable that it probably should not have been entered into the public discourse. That's Rochelle Walensky of the CDC. Okay. I was right. Conservatives were right. And as always is the case, the left was wrong and hurt you and hurt the country. But liberals will continue to vote left because they're brainwashed into believing conservatives are bad people. Democrat, Democratic Governor Josh Shapiro of Pennsylvania said he would not enforce the death penalty, said it on CNN, and he was asking the legislature to abolish it. Listen to his reasoning. This is what goes for profound among college graduates on the left. I found myself, please, you got to hear this, this is priceless. I want to tweet this out. I found myself unable to ever seek the death penalty In a private conversation I had with my then eight, nine-year-old son, he asked me, you know, Dad, how is it that killing someone as a punishment for them 
kill, for them killing someone else, how is that okay? And you know, Jake, he said to Jake Tapper, I couldn't look my kid in the eye and answer that question. Wow. What a public admission of being a dummy. You can't answer your nine-year-old's question? How is it different taking the life of a murderer than, than the murderer taking the life of his victim? You couldn't answer that? When I say college makes you stupid, I, I, don't, I don't throw out lines that are cute. I mean it. Most people leave college thinking less clearly than they entered. He, this, this fool who was the governor of Pennsylvania is a perfect example. Hey, Dad, what's the difference between the government killing somebody and the person who they killed, his killing somebody? Uh, gee, I don't know. I don't know. Whoa. I do, and I'll tell you. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Ultimate Issues Hour on the Dennis Prager Show. Oh, look at that. It says Ultimate Issues Hour. Is this the first week that we have that up? Second? Third? Twelfth? About the twelfth? So fourth month is 16th, and I've just noticed it. Okay, fine. I think that's rare. I think it's very impressive that I noticed it within four months, just for the record. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here, Ultimate Issues Hour, third hour every Tuesday. So I'm going to discuss a subject I have brought up many times in the course of my public life, which has been public since I was 21 years old. I am as passionate about this as I was then. I have absolutely not moved one iota in my passionate support for capital punishment for premeditated murder. I am more resolute about it than ever. I believe that the opposition to it was an indication of the moral decline of the society, which we are now witnessing today. And the reason that I am raising it on this Ultimate Issues Hour is what I read to you last hour. 
the staggeringly stupid comment uh, that shows what a simpleton the governor of, of Pennsylvania is. He's, uh, he's seeking to abolish capital punishment in Pennsylvania, and he explained this last week on CNN to Jake Tapper. I found myself... I found myself unable to ever seek the death penalty in a private conversation I had with my then eight, nine-year-old son. He asked me, you know, Dad, how is it that killing someone as a punishment for them killing someone else, how is that okay? And you know, Jake, I couldn't look my kid in the eye and answer that question. Oh. I have a fantasy. I am going to share with you a fantasy that I could have exchanged places with Jake Tapper for five minutes. And I would have then said, really? You couldn't look your kid in the eye and answer that question? You don't have one iota more insight into life and logic? than your nine-year-old son? (laughs) You don't see the difference? By the way, this is common rhetoric among the abolitionists of capital punishment. What's the difference between the murderer and taking his, the state taking his life? It's state murder. That's what they call it, state murder. Got to go to college to come up with a moronic idea like that. State murder, not state killing, not state justice, state murder. As I mentioned last hour, I would like to ask all the opponents, like Governor Shapiro of Pennsylvania, was Israel a murderer when it executed Adolf Eichmann, the overseer of millions of Jews' deaths? the man who coordinated the Holocaust? Would you equate what he did? A son of Ben Ben Shapiro, how ironic. It's the opposite. Josh Shapiro, that's the governor. A son of Josh Shapiro. I know you never heard of Adolf Eichmann. After all, you go to an American school, why would you learn something like that? There's not much you learn. But let me tell you who that man was. Now, do you think that there's no difference between Israel executing Eichmann and Eichmann coordinating the murder of close to six million Jews? Six million? How about six? Six million is actually, the human brain shuts off at a certain number. Six. How's that six? If the state killed a man who murdered six people, is it in the same moral category as that person? So I am going to explore this issue on the Ultimate Issues Hour. There is such a dearth of moral arguments on the other side. It it really behooves me to figure out why do people oppose capital punishment? Now, the, the, there are some who do it because only because an innocent might be killed. 
which that I acknowledge is an argument I can respect. I reject, but I can respect. Every other argument I do not respect. And I, but I reject the, uh, the one on uh, the likelihood of executing someone with D, now that we have DNA and other forensic evidence, the, the, the odds of, of executing an innocent are very, very close to zero. And so you'll say, but just in case it happens once, we should allow every murderer to live. I don't buy that. Social policies tragically always, or not always, many involve the death of innocence. When we raise the speed limit, we, we inevitably have more innocent people die. By allowing people to drink alcohol, we have thousands of people die a year from drunk drivers. Why don't we ban alcohol? After all, they did 100 years ago. Why, why, not, uh, why not ban it again? You can't have a social policy based on it might kill an innocent. Then you, you would, the society would, would be absurd. Aside from that, though, I have a theory on why most people, especially those who are on the left, are opposed to capital punishment. And that is they don't hate evil. They hate, they hate good people. They hate Christians, for example. Most American Christians are pretty good people. And I get away with saying it because I'm a Jew, I'm not a Christian. And they really hate them. The average Trump supporter is a pretty decent human being. They hate them. They don't hate murderers. Leftists do not hate murderers, unless the murderer was a Nazi, then they, then they hate him. In other words, they, they don't hate murderers, they hate ideologies. Now, there are certain ideologies I hate too, but they don't hate evil. And that's why, th- this is why Josh Shapiro's son, nine-year-old son, could think this way. Evil is taking a life. It doesn't matter whose life. Here's another answer Josh Shapiro might have a- asked. Uh, do you th- do you think that when our military killed the Nazis, Nazi military, they were doing the same thing morally that the Nazi military was doing? They were both killing. A son, this is why you have to think clearly, and your question was not clearly thought through. That's how my dad spoke to me. It's one of the reasons I think clearly, because he told me when I didn't. The problem with Josh Shapiro is he doesn't know that it's not clear. So he was persuaded by his then nine-year-old son. This is what goes for thought in America today. Jake Tapper, I'm sure, went, oh, of course. Oh, I hear you, Governor. Yes, yes, Governor. That is profound, Governor. So why do you think people are opposed to capital punishment? 
the religious argument has no basis whatsoever. That That's the one that bothers me the most, believe it or not, because I hate using religion when religion is so clear on the subject. 1-8 Prager 776. Would you have had an answer to Josh Shapiro's son? 877 Hello, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. I revisit capital punishment because I'm so passionate about the issue and because the governor of Pennsylvania said something that is so typical of opponents of capital punishment, the lack of coherent and depth of thought. It's, 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 mind, it's, it's mind-numbing telling CNN's Jake Tapper that his nine-year-old son said to him, Dad, what's the difference between taking a guy's life who killed somebody and his killing somebody? And he said, I, I had no answer for my son. By the way, this whole thing, that, that whole thing is so instructive because that's why so many people on the left like Shapiro, want to keep lowering the vote age because they, in their hearts, don't think they have more wisdom than the average 15-year-old. In this case, 9-year-old. And it's true, they don't. One of the most obvious aspects of all leftists is their childishness in the way they think and react. Not, Not all liberals... Liberals are just weak. Don't think clearly, but they're not they're not of the low moral status of the left. Look, the shock was how good America was until recently. Goodness is the aberration, not badness. I know that. So I'm sad about what's happening to America, but I can't say I'm shocked. Ronald Reagan was sort of a prophet. We're always one generation away from losing freedom. We forgot to teach it, so the kids learned totalitarianism at school, especially college. Remember the Parkland, uh, Parkland school shootings in Florida? This is from October. The parents of a victim of the 2018 mass shooting at Parkland High School slammed the Thursday jury recommendation to spare the shooter. We came here today and it wasn't even a doubt in my mind that this would be the death penalty. Lori Alhadef, the mother of Elisa Alhadef, said after the jury recommended that the shooter, Nicholas Cruz, spend life in prison. I'm beyond disgusted of what happened, what occurred. And again, what is the death penalty for if not for the murder and killing of 17 people? Good question! But people like, well, all the whole Democratic Party is against it. They, they, they don't believe in fighting evil. Unless the evil is ideologically in the camp of those they hate. All right, let's see here. This is an interesting sounding one. Pierre 
in Glendale, California. Hello. I'm here. Can you hear me? You're there, and I can hear you. Excellent. Thanks for having me on. Um, I'm a huge fan, regular member. Uh, Let me give some uh, grace to Kimberly, your screener. She's a gem, and I will move forward. Kimberly (laughs) is not our screener, but but it's okay. I'm sorry. No problem. Okay. Uh, Whoever it was, what a gem. Right. Um, I agree with that. Thank you. Uh, So, yes, to the uh, topic of that penalty. My brother, younger brother, I am one of three sons, he will serve the rest of his life in prison. Very sad. I do, do not want that. However, he has done things I have no idea about. Which um, consists of murder. So, murder is, it it can't go unexcused. Uh, The death penalty is to be a deterrent and a ramification for breaking the law. Law exists for a reason, and that's my thing. So, I love my brother, but as much as I want him out on the outside, if they said today, hey, would you allow your brother outside? I would say, please, let him out. But he did something apparently horribly wrong. I can't prove that, but they apparently have. So so you, you love him and even would like him out of prison, but you would, you would understand if he were given the death penalty. Absolutely. Okay, that's what I that's what I thought you were calling to say. Well, that's the way a moral person thinks. I have my feelings and I have my values. And you don't let them you don't let the feelings override your values. The left does. Well, it's it's hard to say because their feelings and their values are synonymous. Okay, let's see here. Scott in Dallas. Hello. Hey, Dennis. Great to speak with you. Thank you. Uh, just a quick point. Um, it's, a, I guess, a very twisted irony that just about everybody I know or speak with that's anti-death penalty is uh, also pro-abortion. That's right. The... Uh... That, that is generally correct, yes. The reason that they would answer is, though, murder is, uh, is only of a human, and they don't believe that, well, I was going to say, they don't believe that the human fetus is a human, but they do if the mother wants it. The, there is no rational thought in the pro-choice side. It is, it's fascinating. It's, it's a germ. It's a pimple. It's a rat. It's a feather. It's a pumpkin. If she doesn't want the baby, it's a full human. If she does, there is no parallel to that in moral thinking in the world that I am aware of. Your human status derives from one person on earth. God, it's mind-boggling. 
By the way, they also say the about us. Oh, you're against abortion, but you're for the death penalty. To which one might say, that's exactly right. And why does that strike your somewhat infantile mind as contradictory? Well, I thought you're, you're pro-life. That's right. That's why I'm the pro-death penalty. That's exactly why I'm for the death penalty. It sustains the value of human life. As it says in the good book, and it is a good book, it's an even better book than the New York Times editorial page. Hello, everybody. Dennis Prager here. Based on the comments by the governor of Pennsylvania, who being a Democrat is is likely not to think clearly, and I don't mean this as an insult. I know it's an insult, but I don't mean it as an insult. I believe it to be true. It is. I don't think it is possible to think clearly and support the Democratic Party. You might be kind and fine and responsible and loving and any other sweet adjective, but you cannot think clearly, especially a, a Democratic politician. He could not answer his nine-year-old son's question, what is the difference between taking a murderer's life and the murderer the murderer's murder. And he, he said, I, I couldn't look him in the eye because I had no answer. And that man is a governor of a state in the United States of America. He had no answer. He sees no moral difference between taking the life of a murderer and what the murderer did. That's what I mean. It is not possible to think clearly and be a democratic politician. And a lot of people buy that stuff. This is the world of feelings. And I said earlier, the left doesn't hate evil. It hates its opponents, but it doesn't hate evil. That's a big part of it. Uh, Okay, York, South Carolina, and Alan, hello. Hi, Dennis. I called in. I wanted to remind you and the listeners, too, of the 1979 presidential debate, Jimmy Carter and and Ronald Reagan. And in that debate, Jimmy Carter said, on the way to the debate tonight, I asked uh, Amy what she thought. And, you know, he couldn't say the word nuclear. He said nuclear proliferation. And it was widely thought by everybody I knew and some in the media that him quoting a 10-year-old in a presidential debate lost him that debate. And it, it was so, so silly, you know, just silly. That is a Do very, that's that? a, yes, it's a very, a very interesting point. I believe you, I don't remember it, but I, I mean, I remember his citing that, but I don't remember the reaction, but I believe you that that was the reaction. What, what does a child's view have to do with anything? However, the entire left-wing world is a child's view. That's why the, uh, this young Swedish teenage girl is a hero on the left. They think she's a moral giant. This is interesting. Do we have 15, 16-year-old moral giants on the right? 
I can't think of any. This is an interesting, an interesting question, I think. Uh, let's go to Michael, Fort Worth, Texas. Hello. Hello, Dennis. Hi. Um, it is a real honor and uh, treat to speak with you. Thank you. Um, I guess uh, my question is, so my wife and I agree that the death penalty is a good idea, but we disagree on why. She believes that uh, laws are written for the utility of them, basically, to prevent uh, future murders. Mm -hmm. And she believes that uh, death penalty helps prevent future murders. But in my opinion, uh, even if it didn't, it would still be right and just. So I guess... You're both, I agree with both of you. They're not mutually exclusive. Yeah, and, and, and I, I, I do believe that it does prevent um, future murder. But there are, I remember in college people would argue with me about all the time, well, the study says actually uh-huh. it does nothing. And this, right, you, you know, know and, that's, by the way, that, that's a perfect example of where college teaches you not to think. Just find a study. <laughs> And as if the people who conduct the studies don't have an interest in the results. They're all disinterested robots who are only pursuing truth. I know all the arguments about uh, the death penalty not being, uh, not being a deterrent. I argued in the debate team in high school precisely that. I took the anti the anti-capital punishment side. And I remember, oh, while they were hanging pickpockets in, in the late Middle Ages in England, they, uh, there were people being pickpocketed. That was the proof. We'll return. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.